Are you thinking about starting a podcast but don't know where to start? Let me take a second to tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast across a plethora of listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the big ones. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, completely free. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, do yourself a favor and check out anchor.fm or download the app to get started. The reality we live in can be a very abstract place. How will we ever start to understand it unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we take a question and start an open discussion about it and see where it goes. Topics ranging from spirituality, conspiracies, philosophy, religion, cryptids, interdimensional beings, hidden history, lost civilizations, theories of reality and our existence, psychedelics, and everything beyond. This is Inquiries of Our Reality, hosted by Shane Jones. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second exciting episode of Inquiries of Our Reality. Today, I got with me the one and only Juan from the One on One podcast. How's it going, bro? What's up, dude? Thanks for having me, man. It's awesome to have you. It's awesome to have you as a second guest, too. Yeah, I remember my second interview. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I got like 13 views in my first day. Hopefully, it picks up a little bit, but... <laughs> I always tell people, man, you know, just do, just do it for you. And everything else all line up, you know, if, if it's meant to be, it'll line up by itself, dude. I mean, you, there's plenty of people in this community that, that are super nice. And if you start putting out just like what I told you, focus on quality, not quantity type of thing. Oh, for sure. And people will gravitate towards that. Eventually you don't have to worry about that. I've been completely surprised at how supportive this community is and surprisingly all my family and shit. Yeah, so like, uh, the question I was thinking of today, man, that we're going to conquer and then uh, kind of fall into and see where the conversation goes is how deep do the lies go? How deep do the lies go? I mean, that's, that's a question I ask myself a lot. I think it goes as far back as, I mean, the, the oldest piece of literature that we have is the Epic of Gilgamesh. And I think that's ancient Sumer was the one that really paved the way for any religion. Oh, so I sure, think it, it goes back to, to, to those times, man. I think that people back then it's, it's a complex question for me because it's so broad, but it goes back to those times, I believe where when organized religion stepped forth, I think that's when everything started to crumble where they, st- they, because the ancients, right, the pagans, they were all about worshiping the celestial bodies. So it was about the macrocosm and microcosm. So understand what happens within, and you're able to understand what happens on the grander scale, which is the universe. So that's why I'm not going to quote Aleister Crowley, but to quote Aleister Crowley, which he got it from somebody else, is like we all are, we are all stars in a way, right? We're all a, a star, some shit like this, some some stupid shit that he's. Am I am I a lot of cosmic dust? <laughs> Am I allowed to curse? I'm sorry. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, we're we're for whole freedom of speech over here, man. You can say whatever the fuck you want, man. <laughs> so he said something along those lines, but he got that from somewhere else. And I think that the the pagans, the ancients, they believe they knew this that you were able to 
if you understood the human body, the human anatomy on a smaller scale, we're just tiny universes and you under, you're able to understand everything that happens on the grander scale. So with that being said, we've shifted away from that humanism movement and we've stepped towards the, the, the transhumanistic movement. And you also have organized religion where it is a brokered experience. So you have the church, right? And one of the topics that I'm most passionate about is, is the Gnostics where the Gnostics, they believe that, right? We are our own gods. We're able to manifest our own destiny and manifest our own reality. And there's a reason why they ruled these people heretics at one point and they killed them all. And that idea of being able to through Gnosis is what the Gnostics called it, which is sacred knowledge, which is whatever knowledge it is to you. So whatever that sacred knowledge is to yourself. And that's why I tell people whenever you're on this journey, it's whatever it is to you. Anything that happens to you is meant to happen and whether that be good or bad. And I'm quoting Mark because Mark texted me that today. Anything that happens to you on, on, on whatever scale, spiritually, physically, whatever is meant to happen. You have some people that take synchronicities to a next level, but synchronicities are, are pretty much, they're supposed to be magical, right? Synchronicities, when they happen to you, you're supposed to be able to, as Carl Jung put it, uh, you know, understand it as a, as part of something greater. And so when you have the organized religion that stepped into the scene and saw that people were like, Hey, you know, why do we need the congregation? Why do we need a church when you can just become your own God yourself? That doesn't help the business model. So no, of not. it goes against their narrative. Hence why all the people that do preach that even today, if you, if you want to take hold of your own destiny, if you will, I mean, you're laughed at, right? You're like, Oh, you're, you're a mystic or you're it's too woo woo. But in actuality, I mean, law of attraction is a real thing. It's just oh, how you sure. put it. You know what I mean? Yeah, we were talking on my last podcast about uh, pretty much the same thing you're kind of saying, that uh, everything happens for a reason within the universe, and there's a natural order to things, and everything that's bad that happens to you is intended to happen because it's supposed to make you a stronger person later on or make it so that you can help people along their journey later on because every experience we have makes us stronger and makes it so that we're able to deal with with other situations and figure out how to problem solve out of those situations. Frederick Nietzsche was the one that came up with the quote, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger or what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And again, another person in, in history that influenced Western thought at, at such a grand scale. And this is a guy who also inspired a lot of people such as the Nazis and also People like Aleister Crowley in this metaphysical aspect to where the will to power was something that is, he said, is this thing within all of us that manifests itself differently, but it's always there. And it's like the force, right? You have Star Wars and I always quote movies because in these movies, symbols are the language of the soul. And you have people who, the, the lizards, if you will, they know this stuff is real, right? It's all about neuro-linguistic programming so they put this symbolism in these movies in order to influence people at a, at a subconscious level so when they put on movies like star wars where they're using this metaphysical thing the force you can either use it for good or you can use it for evil so you're either a jedi or you're a sith and essentially that's what nietzsche was getting at with this will to power and 
that goes down the rabbit hole of nihilism and all that stuff. And God is dead, which is another quote that has been misconstrued and misunderstood all throughout history. People think, oh, God is dead because he was an atheist. Like, no, he was saying that we killed God, right? And, and, and a life without God is a life without purpose. And a life without purpose leaves you just feeling empty and, and meaningless. So that leading to nihilism, which is just nothingness, like you're just here to, for nothing. So that will go against the thought of synchronicities or, and things happening in the universe because. And uh, it relates also to the Stoics because he was influenced by the Greeks. And the Stoics believe that the universe, the cosmos, the logos was this thing that just was here, that they couldn't control it. So just let it be right. They just they would embrace it. So anything good that would happen. Great. Anything bad that would happen. Hey, let's just keep going. And when you think of a Stoic, you just think of somebody without feelings. And the Stoics were way more interesting than people make them out to be. But Nietzsche pretty much was on about that, about that we've killed God right with the with the industrialization and, and technology and all these things, you know, peep science pretty much the, the age of enlightenment where they were coming up with all these different ideas. They were pretty much killing the idea of God. This, this thing that it, it's woo. woo. I mean, you got to think about that. Sure. It's, it's, it's woo. And for a lot of people, you know, I grew up in the church for a lot of years and I, once I started to realize that it was just bullshit, then that's when I started to really, uh, look other places and and I consider myself a, a Gnostic theist where I believe in a central power just how the Greeks believed in the noose right the the cosmic mind and they all believed in a source they were emanationists the the Neoplatonists and the Platonists Pythagoreans they were all emanationists where they believed that at the center of it all was the source the God and in the Hindu cosmology you have their holy trinity which is where the the Trinity for the Christians came from their God is the preserver, the destroyer and the, the, you know, the creator. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the way it is. And you said that there's a balance in the universe. And I a hundred percent agree with that. There is the natural order to things and not in a Darwinistic way, but more of in a, in a maybe metaphysical way where things are, you know, it's going to balance itself out. It's a living organism. So it's going to, you know, it's just like in your body, your body takes out all these toxins the same way that the earth and the universe removes things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, it's like the law of duality in a sense, you know, that you got to have the good to have the bad going back to the thing you're talking about with the force and stuff like that. But there's not necessarily an evil or a good power. It's just within everyone and within everything, there's evil and good. And during different aspects of your life, it may start to take on one aspect more than the other. But no matter what, you got to keep in mind that there's always this law of duality between that. And even with negative emotions, I mean, you can turn them into a positive thing. You know, you can turn um, like jealousy into a, like a motivational push to make yourself do better. But, you know, they don't want us to necessarily be thinking that way because they want us to just all be programmed to work that, you know, just like in the teaching in school, you just start. You go in, you do your stuff, you leave, you go home. And that's why the same sense too, that like alcohol and stuff like that's legal because they want you to repress your brain. They don't want you to expand your brain and start to realize these things that God is, could be within you to begin with. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just that, everything in society is just intended to repress everything that all of these ancient people discovered a long time ago that we could have been so much farther progressed into it if all this stuff wasn't pushed into the dark and hidden for sure. So when it comes to that, and I have a 
quote here of something I wrote down a while ago. I'm trying to find it. It was. Anyways, I have to find it, but I have this really cool quote that I put together. I have to look for it, but. 100% that's what a lot of people don't understand and you were talking about people being asleep you know I don't judge those people just like the Stoics their their whole thing was about awakening their brethren so bringing their again like in the conspiracy realm if you want to call it conspiracy theory I like to think of it as like alternate thought if you will yeah, because conspiracy was a word made up to purposely yeah. make anybody that believed in this type of stuff look like, like they were insane, essentially. Yeah, after JFK. Absolutely. Yep, exactly. So, you know, I the whole reason I started podcasting was, one, honestly, the reason I started podcasting was because I wanted to talk about certain things that I wasn't hearing, that I wanted, I wanted to hear about certain things that weren't being talked about. And... You have shows like Joe Rogan, right? Which obviously everybody knows Joe Rogan. Everybody wants to be like Joe Rogan. Be He's like the, the pinnacle of, of podcasting. And you have shows like Tinfoil Hat, Higher Side Chats. You have shows like Mark's, My Family Thinks I'm Crazy. Shows like that, that really... I, I consider those types of shows like the tip of the iceberg. And they introduce you, especially Tinfoil Hat. It's like the, the tip of it. And you can dive down the rabbit hole after that and every single thing that they talk about. And there were certain things that I wanted to talk about that I wasn't really hearing or seeing. So I started my own thing and it's just turned into this crazy experience, this crazy weird journey where not only am I learning myself, but I'm also bringing awareness to other people in the, in the process. And you said that you listened to one of my shows where I said we're alchemists. I think podcasting is alchemy. Just how everything else in life is, is some form of alchemy because you're taking your words, you know, these different ingredients and putting it together in a sort of way where you wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. It's spelling exactly law of attraction. So you're, you're bringing ideas, you're bringing ideas to people and shifting their paradigms in real time. Cause me and you talking right now might trigger something in your brain to connect some ideas that you already knew, right? Uh, Plato talked about the that you knew ev- the theory of forms where you knew everything. You know everything already. It's just you need to unlock that knowledge. Is it the Akashic Records? I don't know because he never wrote it down. The uh, Grafa Dogmata, the, the unwritten doctrines that he talked about. And, you know, as podcasters, we're tapping into that, right? When we put these episodes out and, and talk to different people, and I take it more as a learning experience and an archive for myself. But that's how it started for me, really, because I wasn't hearing certain topics talked about. And I was like, hey, dude, you know, I want to talk about certain things. I don't want to rely on a co-host. So, you know, that's how the Juan on Juan was was born, because I only really count on myself. But, you know what I mean? It's just turning into this thing where it's it's pretty awesome, you know? Oh, for sure. I can't say my journey is any different, man. I've always been that one that, like, I'll be trying to tell people what's going on, but you know, like I was saying earlier, a good metaphor for it is you see two plus two and people like us would say that's four because with the evidence given, it would create four, but the majority of society is brainwashed into the fact where they would see two plus two and they would say it's five, not because they're putting the pieces together in their own head, but because that's what people have trained them to think their entire life. So it just makes like a weird kind of 
you just it kind of feels ominous, you know, when you're kind of one of those people that's in the know and you're almost like watching everybody while they you, you feel like all the evidence is straight obvious in front of you, even just on a bunch of Netflix stuff like they, they give you information straight up and everybody just looking at his entertainment and just looks right past it. Like, uh, what was that movie that came out recently with the meteor? Um, yeah, don't, don't look, look up. up. It was just it was literally a straight message for society. People just thought it was a funny movie. It was like, no, this is honestly how people would react because people are so brainwashed. And all it would take is one political leader saying, don't look up, and everybody would believe them. And the next thing you know, man, we're all dead just because they're following somebody blindly. And there's just too much of that through history is just following something blindly without actually doing any kind of research for yourself. And that's what opens up things like this is because we're getting to a point in society where we're kind of tired of just listening to what other people tell us to do. And we want to just research this stuff on our own. And I've had enough weird experiences in my life that I no doubt in my mind know that there's a lot more going on than what we're told. But it's just it's kind of hard to talk to those things with people with most people because they just don't understand these things. So they just don't want to believe it just because the way they were, they were brought up or, but you know, but they'll follow the the Bible blindly without actually ever questioning anything in it, you know, or even looking at the fact that half of these holidays that a lot of Christians celebrate, they don't even realize that were actually pagan holidays that were converted so that mm-hmm. people would switch over. Yep. Like for example, uh, like Christmas, when you look back to that, it's actually a shamanistic holiday, but they made it look like it was the birth of Jesus. But if you actually look into that, he would have been born sometime during the summer because he would be referred to as almost like the sun god, which pops up through a lot of different religions. And yeah, there's Jesus just a lot of turns into factors. the sun, and the twelve disciples turn into the twelve zodiac signs. That's yep. that's the whole thing there. Yeah, that's why he's the god, the son of God. Um, yeah, I've I've gone down there, and I, and you know, I don't disrespect anybody for their beliefs, and I respect everybody for what they believe in, and especially the Bible. The Bible is a a template, a user's manual for some people, because some people do need guidance, unfortunately, and that there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with needing guidance in life, but you need to be able to, again, what I said earlier, God is dead. Well, if you have no purpose, then you're going to live a depressing life and you're just going to be in a path of self-destruction in a way. So I think it's important for people. I always said, as long as you don't hurt yourself or hurt others, you know, do what thou wilt if you want to fucking use that. But at the end of the day, you have the aspect of organized religion where they try and push it upon other people and they act like their, their shit doesn't stink. But in, you know, any religion, I mean, they're, they're responsible for many many deaths of a lot of people all throughout history. And that, like, that doesn't count or, Christianity. Say, I, I don't want to put it on anybody's religion. I was talking about that on my last podcast too, basically saying that some people need that in order to get through life because they need to feel like there's like a, like a guidance or like a manual, you know, to try to get through things. Um, it just comes down to the factor of like, there's just a lot of stuff that could be questioned and nobody wants to ask the questions to try to figure stuff out. And on top of that, I mean, Things have been converted through so many different languages. I heard you talking on your last podcast saying that you speak Spanish and stuff. Just looking at how the words are put together in Spanish versus English, on top of the fact that that Bible has been gone through multiple languages, like I guarantee you a lot of things have changed in it. But I'm guaranteeing also there's a lot of things that are fact. And I've always had this thing that I say where it's almost like a fish story where, you know, it may have been something smaller and then it was word of mouth for a very long time and then it created this bigger story that has a lot of flaws in it but there is a true story to the root of it such as like the great flood 
like collecting two of every animal in the world. That sounds just unrealistic. But then you look back into uh, they're talking about the seven cataclysms and stuff like that. And you realize that there was big flooding at one point. So I believe that that actually did happen. It just may not have been to the extent of like one man collecting every animal. It may have been something like, you know, everybody tried to save their animals that they had. And a lot of animals did die and become extinct, but they were able to, you know, to continue on. And then these are the animals that we know now. And it was just, uh, I don't want to say it over-exaggerated, but a little bit over-exaggerated, like a fish story, you know? It's a narrative fallacy. It's, it's something that's used to, again, it's a creation story. It's all, the, the Bible's full of allegories, but then you have the people who take it literally. And you have the, that's how you get the dark ages where people were taking these things literally. And I, I've always said that there's a mystical comprehension to something and a literal comprehension. And if you're not able to determine the two, then, I mean, that's something you got to work on. But unfortunately, that's how society has been set up. And just how like Moses, right, the story of Moses, where he was presented the Ten Commandments, right? That's all symbolic. But at the end of the day, it's symbolic for, hey, when you have a group of people that big, you have this massive exodus, you need to have some law and order. You need to have something. And at the core of the tablets is pretty much don't be a piece of shit. Just, you know, love each other and, you know, honor thy mother and father and all this crazy. Don't murder stuff, which is things that Pythagoras talked about. He said, don't suicide yourself. Don't kill others. Practice moderation. All these things. And hundred percent. I mean, I've talked to two doctors with PhDs in in church history, and we've talked about that where there's the canon and non-canon, and it's like beating a dead horse. We know it's it's most of it is a narrative fallacy, but it's like, what can you do about it? It's already been implemented in our society, and you could say we live in a quote-unquote Christian uh, country. I mean, in God we trust. What God is that? I don't know if it's the God that people think. Because even the, the, I did an episode on the origins of the King James version of the Bible. And King James was a very interesting character in history where he was writing about demonology and he was associated with people in the Rosicrucians. If he was a Rosicrucian or not, I, I don't know that the answer to that. But they say that Francis Bacon was one who edited the Bible and some people associate Francis Bacon to William Shakespeare. And, but the, the, the whole thing with that is that they put these secret symbols in within the Bible. And every single letter and number, it's gematria. So they have hidden meaning, meanings behind everything. But 100%, the reason that they wanted to have the King James Version Bible done was because they wanted to compete with the Geneva Bible that at the time was going around and when he broke away from the crown because they wouldn't know a, a divorce for him a, a marriage for him he did his own thing and was like hey i'm gonna make my own thing but he was a guy who was a witch sympathizer wrote about demons wrote about werewolves wrote about vampires and all this crazy stuff this is the guy behind the king james version of the bible and when you tell that to people they don't want to believe it because again they've been so indoctrinated from the very beginning that they go, you know what, you know, I'm not going to really pay attention to all that. Well, you got to know your history because I've always said this. If these magicians or wizards or whatever they, they want to be, they had some sort of intent that they put into this, this piece of work. And you, by reading it, are furthering their intention and carrying their plan along. You know, that 
you're not really worshiping what you think you're worshiping. You're worshiping a facade of a God that you think is, you know, and it reminds me of the Gospel of Judas, which is a Gnostic text where Judas is actually the good guy. And in that book, the Gnostic, the Nag Hammadi and the Dead Sea Scrolls, they put words in Jesus' mouth, like a lot of words. And a lot of the stuff that he says is very poetic. And one of the things that stood out to me was in the Gospel of Judas, he, he laughs at the at the disciples. And the disciples hated Jesus in the story, okay, the Gospel of Judas. And Judas was the good guy. He was the one that confided with Jesus and everything. And the reason that he turned him in was because he loved them and all this stuff, right? The, 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 the traditional narrative. But in that story, uh Jesus tells the disciples and he says, he laughs at them. He laughs a lot in the Gnostic, in the, in the Gnostic text for some reason. He laughs at them and they go, what are you laughing at? And he goes, and I laugh at you because you do this. Uh, you don't know what you're doing for God. Uh, pretty much, you don't know why you do what you do for the God that you're trying to worship. Because they were, I, I forgot what they were doing in the story, but he laughs at them. He goes, you know, the, the God that you worship isn't who you think it is. And they go, wait, what are you talking about? Aren't you the son of God? And he goes, you know, I was pretty much just sent here from another time. So you have this shape-shifting, time-traveling Jesus. Even at one point in that story, he says he's gone for a minute. And they go, where'd you go? And he goes, I went to another generation, a better generation. And they go, what are you talking about? Like, he was trolling them. He was a troll in that story, pretty much. Like trolling these people and they're like, wait, what do you mean? Aren't you the son of God or whatever? It's like, no, dude, like, you know, people aren't going to know my name. Like people don't want to know who I am pretty much. It's a crazy fucking story, but it's a different narrative. So when you read things like this and if you're walking on a tightrope as a person, mentally, spiritually, whatever it is, that can sway a lot of people. So that's why things like that are ruled heresy like oh no that's the work of satan that's the it's demonic works well it's funny because the gnostics also thought that the old testament was a work of a demonic being so who's right are you right or is are these other guys right so you don't know because you have to learn to interpret these things for yourself and that's why i like to think of a higher creator if you will because when you have or these organized religions regardless of what you practice or believe you're going to have propaganda mixed in there. Like I remember going to church and they would bash people in the Middle East, Muslims. They would bash them all the time, constantly. Like, oh, they don't know what they're doing. They're misguided, da, da, da. Well, doesn't it say to love everybody in the Bible, bro? You know what I mean? Like oh, Jesus sure. practiced yeah, love. You know, the Christians had the crusades and stuff. They just walked around slaughtering people. They didn't want to believe in what they wanted to believe in. It's like either <laughs> you're with me or you're against me. It's like, nah, it's like I'm a righteous and jealous God. Okay, that's cool, but... You know, we got to love each other because we're all the fucking same. You know, we all bleed the same six feet under. We're all just six feet under. That's it. You know what I mean? Regardless of what you believe in, you know, when they pick up your skull 2000 years from now, they're not going to go, oh, this guy believed in God. This guy just chucked this one over here and this guy didn't. No, you're that's it. You're done. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> unless you believe in reincarnation or something, but. Uh, I mean, going back whole... to, to the original part we were talking about, too, I mean, as far as uh, religion goes, I feel like it was something that was extremely needed when, like, back when it was, back when the Bible and stuff was written, because people at heart were primal, so they needed some type of laws that were set that they would be afraid of there being something bigger than them, judging them, and... The karmic know, scale. Yeah, exactly. Like, somebody watching, no matter where you are, you'd be by yourself, where it was one of those things that it worked really good for a long time, and it kept people 
you know, not murdering and killing each other. And then as soon as it became a thing where people realized that there was power in it, that's when you started getting these uh, heads of the church and stuff that started steering it in a totally different direction, you know? Yeah. And I found that quote that I was talking about earlier in Sumerian, the word bar means temple. And it's funny because you mentioned bars. We go to bars to consume wine and spirits. So again, even the language that we use can't even be trusted. Uh, Joseph Scaliger was a Jesuit Catholic monk who invented or Jesuit Catholic priest or monk, one of the two, uh, who invented Scaligerian chronology, which is the AD and BC system that we know today. So even time itself can't even be trusted. And I believe 100%, just like if you look at Welsh mythology, that the world back then was like Harry Potter, was magical. Words did have more power. The original alphabet only had 17 or 19 letters in it. And they added all these extra extracurricular signs and symbols and glyphs into it for what? And I believe that that was to further humanity from this source. And that gets into civilization X, which I like to talk about where it's the people that came before the Egyptians and came before, you know, perhaps Tartaria. But I think that this disconnection from the source is, it has a lot to do with what we we're experiencing today where people are creating their own realities. And I believe in auras and the astral realm and all this stuff. And when you have the, the demystification of the human, again, stepping away from that human humanism movement and more to this transhuman or, you know, established religion movement, you know, it takes power away from us. And I do think that back then, again, through these movies, it was like Harry Potter it was mystical people would practice. You have people summoning golems back then. And the reason that, uh, not, not to get racist or anything, but I've heard this before that the reason that the Jews were able to come up with Kabbalah and all these, they believe that the, the, their God spoke existence and, uh, you know, spoke reality into existence. So language is very sacred and you have the tree of life, Kabbalistic tree of life and Kabbalah, uh, you know, these, these Jewish mystics, the reason that they developed this system was to defend themselves because they've been oppressed as a people since a very long time. So people, people who are slaves have no weapons. People who are slaves have no armor. They don't have anything like that. So they developed language and magic. And that's how you get the story of the golem because they wanted to kill the Jews. So the golem was there. The homunculi was there to defend the people. You know what I mean? So sure. this aspect of using language in a magical sense of the word, you know, because a lot of people don't believe in magic, but I think that it's it's not as as clear cut as some people want to think it to be. Like in Harry Potter, they just wave their little wand around and they make something happen. I think it's it's more it's it's not as clear cut as that anymore. I think it yeah. was maybe back then, but not anymore. That's why you have this ceremonial magic, sex magic, whatever you want to refer to it as these different practices to where it takes much more energy to get the manifestation that you want. But essentially you are able to manifest things in, in some sort of way. It's like you were saying, disconnecting from source. So in a sense, you have to work harder to get the source to come back so that you can do these things. But I feel think like about it, bro. we're getting to a spot where it's kind of like people are starting to figure stuff out. So we're starting to get to a point where we're starting to realize 
how much power word has. And that's why there's such this big fight back against freedom of speech is because they're starting, we're starting to realize that we have power within our words and they don't want us to know that we have power within ourselves because we have to divide in order to conquer for sure. Think about this back then when there wasn't any technology, there was no light pollution. There was nothing. It was just candles and just land, no modern technology. When the, the ancients would look to the sky, they would see the celestial bodies as they were. They would see the stars. There's a reason there's a galaxy in our background right now because I, I look at the stars. I love the stars. And there's a reason that we don't see those anymore. And the reason that the pagans worship these celestial bodies because they had some sort of significance. If you really look into magic and, you know, astrology and the original intention for astrology, not that I'm, you know, I'm not very well versed in it, but the original intention of astrology was to invoke demons into certain inanimate objects. Now you have the, in the Bible where it says, be weary of idols that need to be carried. The reason that they say that is because the ancient Egyptians, along with numerous religions and civilizations before them, they would invoke demons into, well, uh, there's my Christian talking again. The They would invoke these entities into inanimate objects such as statues that would prophesize to them. Now you have the Knights Templar that were, you know, you mentioned as above, so below earlier. They invoked Baphomet through what was supposedly the head of John the Baptist through ancient Egyptian rituals that if you had the head of a prophet, it would prophesize to you. And that's how we get Baphomet because it was supposedly the entity that they were talking about and worshiping and doing all these things with. But that's where that comes from. And astrology, that, that was the original thing with astrology. Now, when it comes to, you know, talismanic magic and all these different things, a, a very big factor in that is the alignment of these celestial bodies. Because just how, I don't know if you've heard of the 12 uh, vortices around the world, there are these vortexes around the world, the Bermuda Triangle being one of them, the Dragon's Triangle over by Japan, Mohenjo-Daro, the South Atlantic Anomaly. You have different places around the world, which I believe have a thinner veil. Right? You have Skinwalker Ranch, places of, of, of high strangeness where the veil is thinner at these certain areas because, again, might be because of the magnetic field of the world. And for some reason, things are able to manifest easier in those areas. And that's why I talk about a lot about these vast open places like the Florida Everglades, which I've been to. And it's a psychedelic place. When you step in there, the energy is different. Whenever you go to the, any of these national parks, I've been fly fishing in the, in the Smoky Mountains. And it's just something about being in there disconnected from the from the hustle and bustle and technology that just locks you in to the to the source if you will and it's just you're that much closer to it and you sleep better when you ground yourself in these places you know what i mean like it's 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 a psychedelic yeah experience. for sure that's because uh you know we're never we're never intended to live like this that's why there's a lot of people that are starting mm -hmm. to realize that we're like i don't want to work like this i don't want to work my life away why am i spending it's my american entire dream, life what was that it's the american dream that they sell you yeah, exactly. It's just brainwashed into our, into our minds that we got to have that white picket fence, you know, work a nine to five, work until we're too old to really do anything, retire. And then that's when, you know, you, you retire, you stop doing anything because you can't because you're older at that point and you don't have the physical strength you had to do the things you want to do when you're younger. And you essentially just waste your life away just being a, a gear in the big machine, you know. Just and remember that. 
the, your your oil for the cogs and gears just know that the cogs and gears need oil but the oil doesn't need the cogs and gears so the reason that they need you to be this guinea pig in the system is because they need to be able to keep it running and if they don't then it all crumbles away but if you really dude if you really look at it i mean the founding fathers were known occultists they were all in secret societies and money is a simulacra it's this empty vessel it's an empty symbol that's backed up by what absolutely nothing <laughs> not the golden standard not anymore since the 1970s the country falls your money is not worth anything just piece of paper it's a piece of paper that's why in after world war one they were shoveling money and burning it away in germany okay because again i've always said this and not you know money money's everything bro like money money revolves around everything you know that's that's the 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 point blank unfortunately we're part of the system if you partake in this matrix you're a lizard right i'm a i'm a little bit lizard you're a little bit lizard everybody's a lizard you know we're paying for this internet connection right now for the for the for this microphone this all this shit right we're all lizards we're all cogs in the system because essentially if you really look at it it's it's the dumbest thing ever. It's like, I give you something and you give me that piece of paper. And depending on how many pieces of paper I have determines what I can do in this world or in this life or whatever. When you die, bro, you don't take shit. You know what I mean? Like my dad had a heart attack in January of, I, I forgot what year, 21 or whatever, start of the year. He died four times. All right. He died four times. And the first thing I asked him when I, when he was able, when he came through and they did everything that they had to do with him, I said, bro, so what'd you see? Nothing. Like what? No, I didn't see shit. I didn't see nothing. I was like, you didn't see your life flash before your eyes. You didn't see your ancestors. You didn't see nothing. He goes, I ain't seen nothing. I was like, damn, maybe it wasn't his time to go. So he couldn't see anything. But what if it's just like that? What if when you go, it's just emptiness? You don't remember that you were there. You don't know that you're gone. So, you know It'd what be I mean? It's like, one of those things too that it's almost like a. I don't mean to use like a DMT experience as a good as a good metaphor, but you know, you go and you see these things on the other side, and your brain can't necessarily process them correctly. So you could be coming back having seen the whole other side, but your brain would just draw it as a blank and you wouldn't remember your mind's not it, supposed you know? to be there. That's why look. these entities, when they look at you, they look at you surprised. Like the fuck are you doing here? What, what That's you... another reason psychedelics are illegal. Cause <laughs> I feel like they definitely connect to something and all these ancient civilizations knew that. And that's why there's mm -hmm. all these depictions of different psychedelic drugs through history. And I don't know about you, man, but I've had some crazy psychedelic experiences, whether it's just, undeniable things that just i know i didn't think up so why is it there and why does it seem like it has almost like a call to you like it wants you to know so that you can understand start to understand maybe what everything does mean but when you try to put it into language you can't yeah so it's, there's it's, that aspect of it being so mystical maybe this is what they meant by you can't know the face of god right when when Moses asked God to show him his face, he's like, nah, you can't see my face, but I'll show you my cheeks. And he turned, you know, he showed him his ass pretty much, you know, bare his bare back because he couldn't see his face. So again, Moses, uh, when he was 
being presented the Ten Commandments, the burning bush might have been an acacia tree high in DMT. So he might have been tripping his fucking balls off and he was channeled in some sort of way the the these commandments. And I mean, you have a lot of people all throughout history. The the code of Hammurabi was a channeled uh, piece of law, right? The, the, mm-hmm. This king that was cha- it was supposedly through mystical uh, intervention. So I think that plays a big role into what we know today. But I don't know about you, but I've been seeing as of lately these more wild outlandish uh publications what the hell is uh headlines on these articles i'm sorry articles that i've been seeing come up on my phone because i have the the chrome app on my phone whenever i open up my browser it comes up with these different uh, articles and i've been seeing the weirdest titles i mean i'm gonna open up right now but one of the ones that i saw was like there there's there's a universe where time is traveling backwards check this one out like astronomers determine what's inside a black hole (laughs) what the the fuck scientists say that dark matter may may be information itself that sounds like the akashic records to me right this is what we all talk about research group moves quantum complexity grows linear for an expansion exponentially long time i have no idea what the fuck i just read but the field of quantum physics is, I think, the metaphysical that we're trying to understand in a quote-unquote scientific point of view, like trying to put a name on things that are unnameable. You know what I mean? Like these things aren't supposed to be named. They're forces in the universe that they're trying to understand, like what they're doing at CERN and clashing fucking particles together and all this stuff. They're trying to open up you know, quantum computing, they literally say that they open up portals to other dimensions and that the Cthulhu's, you know, the, the, the Lovecraftian great old ones might come through it, but it's okay because they're just going to be here and there's nothing that we can do. about. I was like, wait, what the fuck are you saying, bro? That's black magic. That's, you know, you're summoning an entity into existence. What do you, it's one of those things saying? that people don't want to talk about that kind of stuff or talk about like you were saying, be connected with the earth. So it's, we're almost moving into a point where it's like, we need science in order to understand it. But essentially we're looking back at all these things that all these ancient cultures knew. Exactly. We're just understanding them through science instead of through spirituality. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I feel that like the, you have the observer effect, you have quantum tunneling, you have quantum entanglement, all these things that are woo woo. That's woo woo shit. Like that's woo woo as it gets. It's like no, it's science, bro. Like it's 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 here, and, and you know we're trying to understand it. It's like I think you're going about it the wrong way. I don't think like there's a reason why, right? These you have these entheogens that the ancients used in the shaman class, right? The shaman class of people that was a sacred rite, right? There's uh, whenever you do mushrooms, you know I've only done mushrooms one time that I grew myself. I had the worst experience of my life, but it showed me a lot. Why? Because again. My intentions when I was doing it weren't the right ones. Now, when that's why you need to meditate. That's why you need to, Pythagoras said, you know, don't eat meat as it clouds the judgment. You know, don't do these certain things, you know, cleanse yourself, practice a diet, practice moderation, practice all these things. That's what the triangle signifies, moderation. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it's all about. Now, when you have these greedy ass scientists trying to do it for the wrong reasons, I feel like these entities and these things, these forces at work know that 
So they're only going to show them a little bit, or maybe they're able to recreate something, but you know, it's like the full metal alchemist, you know, the, the law of equivalent exchange. It's a fucking anime that shows you occultic shit. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, but it's real, sight, man. It's real. Like that's, that's what it's all about. You know what I mean? But you have these works of nonfiction or, 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 or fi- I'm sorry, a fiction that could potentially be th- uh, things from real accounts. You know what I mean? Like experiences from real accounts. And the reason I keep bringing Aleister Crowley up is because I'm doing an episode on Jack Parsons. So I've been deep into research on the Lima and, and the OTO and all this shit. But uh, the, the story of the moon child, it was a fictional work by Aleister Crowley, which you could, arguably say was based on a true story because that's what they were doing they were trying to summon the homunculi the the, the these moon children these star kids you know what i mean it's on purpose because they don't want normal people to read it and see it as fact so they essentially release these books they can release them to the public for people that understand that it's not fiction it's part of the it's hidden within normal society so that everybody else look at it like it's just a fun story kind of like you were saying with star wars they have a bunch of stuff hidden directly in that but they're just using that to talk to each other while everybody else just assumes that it's for entertainment purposes. Yeah. And it's part, I think it's part of the ritual, right? Putting your intention out there. And, and that's what they were all about, about presenting things to the subconscious mind, because you have uh, Carl Jung that talked about the dark self, right? And he also said, that if you're able to, to control and bring forth that dark self, you're, it, it will reveal to you the secrets of everything, like the secrets of the universe or whatever the fuck he was talking about. Uh, but again, it's not as clear cut anymore uh, because of all the indoctrination and the, just the way society's working now. And that's why I think that the rabbit hole just gets deeper and deeper when you're trying to practice. <clears throat> I'm not a practicing occultist, but I read a lot into it. And from what I've been able to understand from it, it's all about pretty much, you know, unlocking what Nietzsche talked about, the will to power, this this metaphysical aspect in all of us, if you want to believe in that or not, I mean, it's up to you, but you can't deny the fact. I, I just don't know how anybody can be an atheist, like 100%, bro. Like, I, I really don't. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, my, my whole thing is, you know, you don't know anything, and you'll never start to understand things until you realize that you know nothing, especially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Once you start to understand, like, I believe it was Socrates that said, you know, the one thing I know is that I know nothing, either Socrates or Aristotle. Well, Aristotle, one of the two. But yeah, and that's the way I feel about a lot of things that I look into. I mean, I have people, I have people who call me up every now and again to to get my opinion on things. It's like, oh, what do you think about this or like some certain conspiracy? And I'm like, oh, you know so much about so many things. And I go, yeah, because I read a lot. But if you ask me like what the fabric of reality is, I don't can't even begin to tell you because the more you look into it, it's like the less you really know. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those things, too, that it's just like the deeper that you dig into things, the more things you realize aren't right. Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, that, but you got to understand history, right? His story. Yeah, exactly. To the victor, the spoiled. So a lot of the history, like a lot of the things that we know about the Gnostics, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. A lot of the things that we know about the Gnostics were written by early church fathers. You have Irenaeus and other people in there who hated the Gnostics. So everything that we know about them is through people who hated them. So of course they're going to say outlandish shit. Like, oh, they were practicing orgies. Probably. 
I mean, that's sex magic. That's what the Thelema and the OTO and all these people do. They practice this sex magic because they believe that at the point of orgasm, you're connected to the universe and whatever you present to it at that point in time will manifest itself. Like that's what they were all about. So a hundred percent, the Gnostics, they believe that they, they had talismans, right? They had talismans with, with, with the Braxis on it. They had different talismans that we don't know what it was for, but I can tell you, I mean, it was probably through that. It was through these orgies that they were doing. And again, that's why a lot of sex is taboo, right? And, and these, a lot of the initiations in these secret societies is about breaking taboos, right? It's about doing away with that subconscious programming that you have going on since the time that you were born. And that's that why goes they into the adrenochrome and all yes. the taboo relations with children that you find. And it's also could be used as blackmail. So if anybody tries to talk out about the society, then, you know, they, they just, there's, they commit suicide. Like, uh, what's his name? Isaac Cappy who's talking out about mm -hmm. Tom Hanks. And he released mm -hmm. the video the day before he died saying, I'm not suicidal. There's people after me. And the next day they, he jumped off a bridge as they said. And then he said he had a skate plan where it was a video that was going to get released and there was all of the the children and stuff that were supposedly in Tom Hanks' basement looking like they were doing some type of spiritual, you know, sex magic for sure. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you're a father, so if you hurt children, I think you're a piece of shit. You know, anybody any, anybody who's taken the wrong message from this, I don't, you know, condone uh, hurt, the hurting of children or, or, or embrace that in any way, shape, or form. And I think people who are pedophiles and, and thrive off of doing things to kids should they're the scum of the earth. You know what I mean? It's like a, that. it's a power thing. That's what it is. They want to feel like they're destroying the ultimate innocence. So it's, it's taboo and it's a power concept. <clears throat> well, so, you know, we're talking about source children, you know, as soon as they're born, they're the closest thing to source. Okay. They're the closest thing to the divine that you can ever get because until up until the age of seven, I believe that kids are able to, they're more apperceptive to certain paranormal and metaphysical things. That's why I don't know if you've experienced it, but you know, when my son, oh, I got two, two kids, man, I experienced stuff like that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where they're laughing and playing and looking around you go, what the fuck are they looking at? You know what I mean? Like they might be seeing what, you know, they say they see angels in, in these things. I, I do believe that. I do believe that, uh, you know, before in a child, before the, 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 the skull joins and finish finishes coming together and fusing together, that pineal gland, right? That third eye is, is more susceptible to certain things. So whether that, it, cause I think that the brain is an antenna for consciousness. I think we're being broadcasted consciousness into what the brain is. You know what I mean? It's an antenna. Yeah. I mean, even going into uh, my, I've always had a theory about like imaginary friends talking about that with kids where it's kind of like one of those things that who's to say that they aren't seeing these things and they may not, they may be things that we don't quite understand, but we condition them and we tell them that they're not there. So the more you don't want to believe in that stuff, the more you close yourself off to it. So then by the time they reach around seven, like you were saying, they're brainwashed so much by society to say that these things aren't around them, that they, they know that they're seeing mm -hmm. that they stop seeing them. And then that's when they start, you know, their, their pineal gland gets calcified. And then that's when they start having issues. And then they, you know, they just lose touch with it and they forget any of it happened. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, it goes back to, people creating their own realities and a lot of people i think spiritually are infants and in their spirituality or what they might believe in 
And these people that follow the mainstream narrative, I think have been kept at that level for a certain point of time because people are creating their realities real time. People are living different alternate timelines all at once. And they're, that's why you have people believing certain outlandish things that you look at and you go, how does that make sense? But it makes sense to a lot of people who don't know any better. And there's nothing wrong with that because everybody can awaken. Everybody has the right to, you know, uh, go through their journey differently. And that's what the Tetractus for the Pythagoreans was. It's the, the triangle with the 10 dots in it. And these 10 dots are pretty much what make up uh, the fabric of reality. It's, it's what inspired the Kabbalistic tree of life. Uh, because the Pythagoreans, the Neoplatonists, the Platonists, everybody, they paved the way for organized religion today. They were the ones that really kicked everything off. And through greed and human nature, I think that's where you have everything, the extracurricular things in there that it's like, oh, well, you need to pay us in order to, you know, it turns into a business. And that's where yeah, like it gets I said, one person that, who wanted power finds a way to take control over anything. Mm -hmm. No matter what, if there's a community that's working, there's always going to be somebody that wants a little bit more. And they're going to try to take advantage of that power. And it's seen through history and almost everywhere that there's always has to be just one person that wants more power. And he manipulates everybody around him to believe that he's a god or, you know, he's like some type of special descendant or what have you. So when everybody starts blindly following this person because they're scared because they finally they figured out that concept of how they can get power. And they take power it, tends to, take to corrupt. It. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. Uh, that, that's what it all comes down to. And it's the, how you said, you have a group of people, right? Like the Knights Templar, I mean, they might have started off okay. But then you have people who infiltrate that secret society and they have other motivations and they take the movement and they turn it into something that it's really not. And it was only, you know, a, few, a select few of Knights Templars that were doing things that, they admitted to under torture, by the way. I mean, that was another thing uh, because the, the 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 king at that time was indebted to them for a bunch of money. And he pretty much wiped away the debt. The, he wiped away the debt and he went along with the narrative of, hey, these people are, are are pagans. They're heretics. So I benefit from this. So why not prosecute them and kill them all and just end the order together? You know what I mean? Like it's it's it's. It's been it since, that, since the beginning of time. <laughs> that goes into another misconstrued conception from uh, Christianity where you're talking about uh, like ridding the snakes from Ireland. The snakes weren't literal snakes. They were referring to pagans. Jews, and yeah. that was referring to when they made it a Christian, Christian nation. But they try to have this bad concept of pagans. And, you know, of course, in the Bible, they kind of refer to a snake as being like an evil being. When, when you look back into these ancient people they looked at the snake as being a wise thing well in the bible it says be as wise as the serpent so oh, yeah again you have that and there's a reason that the i mean uh moses turned the staffs to certain to snakes i mean there's that's magic bro like that's that's again there there's people nitpick the bible but there's a lot of it's a very interesting story because a lot of things happen in there that that make you know make you scratch your head and then when you question it you know, from my experience, when I tend to question things, they just blow me off. And like, oh, no, you know, just don't pay attention. To that. Don't look too much into it. It's like, but wait, that's, you know, it's like, hey, what's up with why is the canon re referring to to a non-canon book? Why is it referring to the book of Enoch here? The book of Enoch is not even canon in here. Like, what are you talking about? It's like, uh, you know, just uh, 
And it's a person that doesn't know the Council of Nicaea, who again was Constantinople was trying to uh, Constantine was trying to exert his power to the people. And what better way to rule a people if you were divinely picked? There's one thing if I tell you, hey, I'm I'm the king now. Well, who the fuck are you? Well, God sent me. Oh, God sent you. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm gonna do everything that you say. It's gonna persuade people a little bit more, a little bit quicker. So why not turn the Roman Empire into the Holy Roman Empire and go from Catholicism and you see that that's breaking away from you into a Christian uh, point of view. So again, it's it's what fits the narrative at the time, and where does the where, where you know when do the lies start? Man, history. I mean, that, that, unfortunately, and it's messed up because everything that you've been taught to to believe could potentially be a, a fraud, and that's where I encourage people to do their own research and look. Literally, into every aspect of Egypt. The more they dig into it, they realize that everything we've been taught in school doesn't make any sense. Like the bronze tool is being used on those stones. Yeah. It's a good idea in theory, but when you actually try it, it doesn't work. <laughs> mm -hmm. So there has mm -hmm. to have been some type of method. And good just going through history and stuff, think about how many civilizations have been. They were there, they got conquered by another, and then that civilization took pieces of that to create a new civilization. And they took their history, mixed it in with their history, continued on, making it look like they were the superior ones. Kind of like, you know, in the United States. I'm not saying that, you know, we're necessarily like a bad place or anything, but it's one of those things that wherever you're from, you don't see the wrong in it. And there's wrong in almost everything, but you're so brainwashed because you're in the middle of it that you just look past it and you're conditioned to never want to ask why, especially people coming from like Christian families and stuff like that. It's, you know, I, I also came from a, a church background and I definitely got casted out just because I want to know why. And I didn't understand why they didn't want to answer these whys. And then later on in life, I realized that they don't even want you to, to read the Bible, essentially. They, they bring you into church and then they read one line and the rest of it is just them talking and stuff because they may know the power that it may actually hold and have, but they want to make it seem like they're the ones, they're the only ones that can interpret it so that people will follow them blindly. Like they have some type of special specialness to them that makes it so that they can be followed. So again, it just comes back to a matter of power, you know? It's neuro-linguistic programming at its best. And these people, you know, I, I have, I've had ex-evangelists and ex-pastors on my show. And I ask them, I go, hey man, how, what was that like? Was it like an initiation? Was it a secret society? What they taught you in church, college or, or Bible college, whatever the fuck it's called. And they're like, yeah, man, they, taught you how to pretty much manipulate people and pull them in to pretty much go with the narrative that you're trying to push on them. Like they set these people up to, to counter every question with another, pretty much with another question. Like, you know, if I, if I read something in the Bible, it's open for interpretation. It's like, no, you have to pray. You have to ask God to guide you. It's like, well, that's fucking convenient. You know what I mean? Like all my years in the church, God never talked to me. You know what I mean? Like God never said anything to me, but then you have all these other people. And I grew up Pentecostal Christian, bro, where they would uh, speak in tongues and dance around and jump around like they were possessed. Again, it was a possession of the Holy Spirit in these people. That's what they were claiming. And but everything else is demonic. It's like, well, well I mean, like, what do you, bro? Like, what are you saying? Like, my grandma's done exorcisms and all this shit. Like, like that's crazy shit to me. It's like. I think that there is lower vibrational entities that could be, you know, what they call demonic, right? What, what we refer to as demonic, but the word daemon 
uh, actually means either a benevolent or a malevolent being. So that's open for interpretation. And even, you know, I know you did an episode on the morals of, of good and evil. It's like, well, what is good and what is evil? It's like, what if your God tells you to, to, that you can kill a certain group of people? Is that still not evil in your eyes, but it's okay when a God tells you to do it? Like, you know, what are you, what are you getting at, bro? It's like, you can't, you can't be with, the, with God and the devil at the same time. Or is he the same person? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like going back on it, man. They try to make it look like Christianity from the beginning was just this hand holding everybody being happy. But like I was saying earlier, man, you look back in anything and that's probably honestly one of the bloodiest religions that's ever existed and has killed more people than anywhere else in the world. And that's why it's the prominent religion of the world now is because mm-hmm. it was just a power, a mass power consumption, you know, of trying to take over as much territory as possible. And if you didn't believe in it, then they would slaughter every single one of you. And then they even tried to convert it, like I was saying, in Rome, where they started taking these pagan holidays and mixing them into Christian into a Christian holiday, just so the transition was easier. Yeah, Saturnalia is all. It was a pagan holiday, and they would elect a pseudo king. And at the end of that ceremony, they would they would all exchange gifts and all that. At the end of the ceremony, they would sacrifice the the pseudo king to Saturn, pretty much Kronos, uh, you know. Moloch, whoever you want to call him, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's all, it goes back down to that. But a lot of people practice these things again from tradition. And, you know, me with kids, you know, I'm having another one in May and I have one now who's four years old and, you know, I'm, I'm going to pass the tradition down, right? I mean, you know, he's got his books on Noah and Moses and all this stuff. And, you know, he prays. I mean, I kind of do the same thing with my kids. I kind of just like, I show them all the options are there, but I don't, tell them Push, yeah. what to think exactly mm-hmm. I'll, I'll i'm very into teaching my kids to both be free thinkers and to create things for themselves so i purposely homeschool my kids because then i can look at something and say he see they have this answer here there's three correct answers depending on your perspective but they want you to have this single perspective because they want everybody to be thinking in the same perspective mm-hmm. and not questioning why all these other other possible answers could could still be answers it's all again going back into lies go extremely deep where they've been doing this to our kids for years where they're just preparing them to going back to the gear and the cog concept just preparing them to do so and that's honestly what school is is just they will figure out which people have the potential to (laughs) control a crowd and take over people and then they figure out which other kids are the ones that are just going to be a cog in the system and then they push them through the system in that manner so that they can be prepared to take over people or just be docile and never fight up and you're against anything or never do the things they want to do because they're just too concerned with how society is going to view them afterwards, for example. Yeah. And, and, and I'll leave you with this. I have this thing where right, we're talking about esoteric knowledge and figuring out everything, uh, what it, what it actually is. The reason that I feel they don't want people learning about these things and they make it that much harder for people and they make it taboo and, they shroud a cult in, you know, this evil light is because in the book of Enoch, right? Enoch being a very, one, one of the two people, I believe, who was taken up with God, El, Yahweh, whoever you want to call him. Uh, one of the two f- people who never didn't die, but were taken up to heaven, pretty much this higher level, this higher state of consciousness, Shambhala, whatever you want to refer to it as the upper eons. And when he was up there, the angels were teaching him the secrets of everything. The watchers were there. 
right? The watchers were there to observe. The reason that they call them the watchers is because they were there observing the divine alchemist at work. And the divine alchemist creates and manipulates reality real time. So they're watching him at work. Now, when they were done teaching him everything, that they, they showed him all the secrets to everything, he turns into Metatron, this being that oversees reality and is able to manipulate reality in real time. He becomes the angel Metatron, Enoch. And I think that's why they hold us back from the sacred knowledge of the, of, of the ancients, of the Gnostics, of whoever, the Greeks, whoever. I think they all had a piece of the puzzle. I think just the, the puzzle has been misconstrued and we haven't been able to put it together in a way that we're able to really understand it coherently. And they purposely through the, broken off the edge of the pieces. Yes, so they don't fit exactly. together properly. Yeah, there's definitely missing pieces. So at the end of the day, the reason that they don't want you to learn this knowledge is because you might essentially turn into this being who is able to manipulate his own reality or your own reality or your non-binary reality, whatever you want to be called. Uh, you know what I mean? Like whatever, that, that's what they really holding you back from being able to achieve the state of being of consciousness where you're able to make things ha make things happen in real time. And I think that's what they're holding us back from with this demystification of the human of you're just a piece of shit. You can't do anything. You know, you have to do as we say, do what we say when we say it and just be a sheep, you know, led to the slaughterhouse. And that's that. Now, I don't know about you, but the more I've dug into this stuff, the more that I've realized that, you know, there's a hard time going that's going to happen and you keep your head in the game and keep it right. And it's kind of weird how all of these things seem to play out and they don't want you to think that they're going to play out. But it's almost like the more perspective you have, the more you realize that you can weirdly alter your reality. It just may not be as predominant as people expect it or want it to be like, I'm going to think that this, you know, this thing's going to disappear in front of me. But if you're thinking that these are hard times, but they're going to go into positive times, it's kind of, it, it always seems to happen that way. And it seems like no matter what, you always seem to make it out on top somehow in the end that every experience made you stronger. Almost like, again, you're materializing these things in your reality as you think them through. And the more that you catch on and start to understand these things, the more it seems to happen around you for sure. Yeah, and at the end of the day, just, you know, don't be a piece of shit and just spread love and positivity and, and you know, don't hurt others. And you can do whatever you want, but, that, you know, that's where I draw the line. That's what I tell everybody always. So, you know, be a human, be a good human being, and that's pretty much it, man. Yeah, like, don't follow any specific religion. There, Like you were saying, there's a user manual within you, and if you in your heart feel something's not right, even if a higher power is telling you, and that means that it isn't right. And there is something that is a higher power in your heart that is telling you that that's not the way things are supposed to be. Such as like you were saying where, uh, you know, killing for a religion and stuff like that. People believe that their God said it's okay, so they're going to do it. But I guarantee you in their heart, they knew that that wasn't right. Mm -hmm. But they're still doing it because they thought they're doing something for a bigger cause, not realizing that they were fighting all their instinct that they shouldn't have been doing what they were doing, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's the universe talking to people, but some people just choose not to listen. Yeah, exactly. Shit, going into I got another good quote for you, actually, from Plato. Those who are able to see beyond the shadows and lies of their culture will never be understood, let alone believed, by the masses. Yeah, I forgot we, we had to wrap up with a quote. Let me pull the quote up that I'm going to 
I just figured you. that was a good one anyways. <laughs> kind of fit into this whole conversation. It was like word for word exactly how it should have been, man. <laughs> one of my favorite Bible verses is uh, Ephesians 6.12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the he heavenly realms. So yeah, that's one of my favorite quotes because, again, it goes back to that metaphysical aspect of everything where we're all fighting and worrying about this meat suit that we're in when in actuality, I think there's something uh, far beyond that goes, you know, after this. So oh, for sure. <clears throat> I know that this is a really, really deep, deep conversation. I mean, we could probably do a couple parts on this if you're interested in it too, because we've just started to scratch the beginning of it and we haven't even continued into how it's, how deep it is now. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I'm always down. Just let me know when uh, you want to have me back on and, and we'll make something happen, dude. Sounds great to me, man. I'm going to do all my uh, information at the end. Do you want to, uh, you know, give everybody your information and stuff so they can look you up? Yeah, at the Juan Juan Podcast on all social media platforms. You can find me on YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, all the good stuff. My main one is Instagram. And you just find me on there. I talk about conspiracies, esoterica, uh, self-awareness, you name it. I talk about whatever's interesting. I appreciate it, man. I'm definitely going to have to have you on again since you said you're interested. And uh, this has been a great conversation, man. Yeah, I appreciate you for having me on, man. Yeah, man, anytime. Anytime you want to come back or, you know, if you want me to pop on yours, I'd love to. <laughs> for sure, bro. We'll make it happen. For sure, man. If anyone is interested in being a guest on the show, sponsoring the show, has a topic question for the show, or has anything they feel they can contribute to the show, please send me an email at inquiriesofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com. If you'd like to donate to the show so I can eventually do this as a full-time thing, please check me out on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash inquiries of our reality podcast. And of course, follow me on social media for updates on the show. For Instagram, it's going to be www.instagram.com slash inquiries of our reality. And for Facebook, it's going to be www.facebook.com slash inquiries of our reality podcast. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.